0: Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard.
1: And I'm Courtney Bronze.
0: And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the endless Mountains. Well, with the colder weather moving in, you're probably preparing for the winter months ahead by maybe ordering heating oil or pellets, or maybe you're cutting down some firewood. But as the probability of frost goes up each day, so does the chance of battling unwanted fall pests, especially around the house. After all, these pests want a warm place to stay too. So during the month of October, we've decided to focus on unwanted pests around the house. Why they bother us, what to do with them, and maybe a fact or two about them to give you a different perspective. So this week we're talking about the sweet, tiny, innocent ladybug or lady beetle. and. Here in Pennsylvania, we, we have a native lady beetles and we also have introduced non native species. Uh, the native lady beetles are harmless to humans and can be beneficial because they eat garden pests like aphids. On the other hand, many are invasive and can be aggressive and sometimes even bite. We'll talk about that more later. The most common of these non native lady beetles is the multicolored Asian lady beetle. Before we get into talking about fall pests that plague your home, we just want to mention a little bit about the native lady beetle first.
1: So here in Pennsylvania, the most common native lady beetle is the pink-spotted lady beetle. And like most lady beetles, this species is beneficial. Um, They eat aphids when they're available. They can also live on an all-pollen diet. They're pinkish-red in color. They have 12 spots on their exterior shell, so there's six on each side, and then they have a more rounded shaped body. So the one we really want to focus on today is the multicolored Asian lady beetle, more commonly known as the ladybug. This is our non-native species here in Pennsylvania. So they're actually native to Eastern Asia, and they were introduced in the United States by the U.S. Department of Agriculture as a biological control agent. So they're an important predator of aphids and scale insects. They were originally released in Pennsylvania in 1978 and 1981, but the first beetles to overwinter were actually not recorded until 1993. And recently we're seeing an increase in the beetles in Pennsylvania and other northern states, and these are actually thought to be from a new source that was accidentally introduced in New Orleans from an Asian freight liner. These beetles can inundate homes and really become a nuisance from September to April. Let's
0: take a look at the description and maybe a bit of life history about the Asian lady beetle. So the multicolored Asian lady beetles, they're slightly larger than the native lady beetles. They're oval in shape and yellow to red in color. The beetle spots vary in size and pattern and really can range in number from no spots to as many as 19. Um, I guess somebody had a job of counting the spots. Uh, The head, it's usually concealed beneath the disc-shaped part of their body, and that's called the pronotum. The pronotum is a cream yellow color with a black M design in the center. Uh, So how about the life history? Um, Here in Pennsylvania, the life cycle from egg to adult it generally takes about three to four weeks, depending on the temperature and food abundance. Uh, multiple generations will hatch out each year and they lay their eggs on the underside of leaves, forest trees, and numerous other plants.
1: These eggs take about three to five days to hatch, and during the first 12 to 14 days after hatching, the larvae will feed on aphids, and then the adults will emerge about seven days after pupation and they can live for more than a year. So beginning right around now, first week of October, um, multicolored Asian lady beetles will congregate outside houses, sheds, and other buildings as they search for places to overwinter. And they're actually attracted to sunlight reflecting off the south or southwest facing sides of buildings. So I think people often wonder why they just congregate on one side. That's why.
0: I also read that um, they're more prone to focus on uh, buildings that are lighter in color as well. So how about the damages they cause? So really the main damage that they cause is discomfort to homeowners. I know I've talked to people before and they're totally grossed out by just the, the sheer amount of ladybugs, lady beetles on the side of their house or stuck in their windows, which I can totally understand. Um, so like I said, thousands of lady beetles will congregate in attics or ceilings or you know wall voids and they come out and they freak people out for sure, and uh, just generally make people uncomfortable. Now, not only do these beetles bite, and that's something new that I didn't know, they also exude a foul-smelling yellow chemical for defense, and that actually tends to cause spotting on walls and other surfaces. To most people, this odor it's just annoying, but there are some individuals that report experiencing mild skin and sinus reactions to the substance um and it's good to stop here and say we don't want to scare you by mentioning that they bite uh so they do have mouth parts their bite at the very most may feel like a pinprick if that um, it's also good to note that they don't carry an associated diseases if you do happen to get bitten and then about the odor uh The Lady beetles said the smell when handled are congregating in large numbers, and this is really because they produce a a chemical called pyrazine. And as you might suspect, and I just mentioned this, but it's a mechanism to reduce the chances of being eaten. And One final note about their smell, while you might guess that the smell is produced somewhere on their body, it's actually a case of their stinky feet. That's where the the chemical is produced yeah it's the fun fact there.
1: So I guess now let's talk a little bit about how do you keep them away. So they say mechanical exclusion seems to be the best method of keeping the beetles out of your home. So this means you know, sealing all the cracks around your windows or doors, siding, utility pipes, any other openings. You can seal them with caulking or silicone, and also fixing like damaged screens on windows or doors. And then, attics, fireplaces, chimneys, and exhaust vents should be covered with number 20 or smaller screen mesh. So basically just making sure that they don't have a way to get in. Exterior application of insecticide is also an option. So these insecticides should be applied by a licensed pest control operator in late September or early October. So right about now is the perfect time prior to those beetles trying to congregate and get in. However, insecticides are broken down by sunlight and the residual effects of the material will be greatly decreased. So it won't be as effective beyond like a week or so. So it's really not your best option. After the beetles have already entered your home, it's not recommended to use insecticide to control them. So it's recommended to find the areas where they're entering the living spaces of the home and seal them. Or even for a temporary fix, you can use tape to seal those cracks and crevices. And black ultraviolet light traps also provide relief from beetles flying or crawling around the interior of homes. You can find these at any pest control company and they're most effective at night when there's no competing light sources.
0: Alright, well, hopefully uh, you learned a couple new things about ladybugs, lady beetles, and um, just a common sense approach really, you know, you're just trying to seal up your house. Um, they're really not gonna do too much to your house other than keeping aphids away uh, from your garden that type of thing um, and then people don't like the smell so um, yeah we do have a couple of events we want to mention the first one is taking place at Salt Spring State Park and it's this Saturday October 9th uh, so at Salt Spring State Park they'll be hosting an apple cider making event and you can bring your apples and an empty jug and they'll help you make the cider and you can even go to the park and watch a little bit enjoy some live music from Smoketown, and the event kicks off at 1 p.m there is a fee of five dollars per person and free for children under 12.
1: and the other event is at the loyal socks state forest so you can join the endless mountains heritage region and dcnr for the final event in their sullivan county hikes and bikes series and that's the Loyal Sock State Forest Cycling Challenge. So this is a two day cycling trip and it'll be held Saturday and Sunday, October 9th and 10th, that's this weekend. And it'll allow cyclists to experience the beautiful fall foliage of our region. And I think right now is about the peak time to see yeah. the leaves change.
0: Getting close, yeah.
1: So participants will embark on a approximately 37 mile ride along dirt and gravel roads throughout the state forest. And upon returning, there will be a dinner provided and an educational talk from the Eagles Mayor Conservancy. On day two, cyclists will ride another 22 miles to the High Knob and Loyal Sock Canyon Vista Overlooks. Please note, this event is for gravel cyclists with moderate to high levels of experience, and it's not intended for beginners. So if you'd like more information or to register, go to www.emheritage.org events.
0: All right, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have any questions related to our shows, you can definitely contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org. You can find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show.
1: You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze.
0: And I'm Don Hibbert saying enjoy the outdoors.